Hey, welcome to the Learning Little Lessons podcast. I'm Trudy Shar, and this is where we chat about the little lessons God is teaching us to fill up on Him so that we can pour out to those around us, all while pointing it back to Jesus. I am glad you're here, and let's dig in. Hey, so today we're going to talk to my friend Cheryl Kischek, and she's from Atlanta area, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. And then we'll get started. Hi, guys. First of all, thank you, Trudy, for having me on your podcast today. This is so exciting. And I've been so encouraged listening to your episodes. And I just know that God is blessing you and what you're doing here. And it's very exciting to be a part of that. Um, I am a Christian, a wife, a mom to three children that are in elementary school. They're currently ages 10 eight and five, two girls and a little boy. And that has been the delight of my life. But I've had the unique opportunity to be professionally employed, not only as a tutor, but work in public school, private school, and now happily home educate those three little kiddos. And that's been a lot of fun. Um, But also on the side, I'm the founder of Epiphanies 365, which is a place that you can come for encouragement and consultation. And the whole idea behind that comes from the definition of what an epiphany is. And that is a sudden moment of revelation or insight. And the idea is that we are a compilation of many insights that are revealed to us throughout our lives by God. And if you look in Proverbs 4, it talks about gaining wisdom and that as we gain wisdom, we grow closer to God. And it talks about that wisdom guiding us and uh, watching over us. And it's such a comfort. If you haven't read Proverbs 4, it is such a delight to read and a comfort to know that that wisdom is guiding us. And the idea behind epiphanies came from Luke 24, where in two different stories, there are men that are walking down the road and God shows up. This is Mm -hmm. after the resurrection and he Mm -hmm. shows up and it says that he closes their eyes and he has an entire conversation with them. And they are so relatable because these men will say, have you not heard? Are you the only man that doesn't know the story of Jesus and how he's raised from the dead? And they're telling him what they've heard. And at the very end of the conversation, it says, and he opened their eyes Mm -hmm. and they knew who he was. Mm -hmm. He revealed himself. It's so exciting. They were so excited. And in that very same chapter, different story, Jesus reveals himself to the 11 disciples who were together. Now they did know who he was when he was with them and he's sharing with them and they're asking him so many questions like, Lord, why did it have to happen this way? And in the Mm -hmm. same chapter, it says he opened their minds Mm -hmm. to understand the scripture. Mm -hmm. They gained wisdom. And I saw as a homeschool mom, how that is so important to us. God is all around us all the time and we don't even know it. But if we Mm -hmm. lean into him, he will give us wisdom and insight in who he created our children to be and will guide us along the road as we school them. Yes, that's awesome. I love that. So I thought you'd be perfect for this topic that we have today because you have so much teaching experience. You have had an inside look at being a public school teacher, a private school teacher, and now 
your homeschooling. So um, I, I just want my friends to hear kind of your story. Um, you started out at a public school, you know, tell us about, tell us about that. And I guess I'll say out loud, my goal for this is that I want to encourage the, the homeschoolers that are listening, that if God calls them to homeschooling, they are actually able to do this. And I think when you hear Cheryl's story, I think that's what you're going to come away with, that you are able to be good enough homeschool mom. I, I feel like there's so many of us who are like, oh, am I doing enough? Am I, you know, a public school might have been better. Things like that that go around in our minds. And so I think hearing Cheryl's story is really going to really going to help you in that. So, Cheryl, you started a public school. How is that? Tell us about that. First and foremost, I want to acknowledge the fact that the choice of educational modality for a parent is extremely challenging. No matter where you choose to put your child in public education, private education, or home education, you're going to see God move in that setting. And for many factors, we'll just say many, many reasons, go into making that very difficult decision. And I want to normalize that for everybody. Because in truth, we do not know what is in the future of our children's lives and what they're going to do. Uh, I have a very dear friend that has chosen to send her oldest son, who's a teenager now, to a private Christian school, but she's still choosing to home educate her younger daughters at home. And she has seen God bless their family through that choice. So -hmm. no matter what you end up choosing in the end, God can still work in whatever situation. And I want to encourage and normalize that for everybody. Now, certainly Trudy and I have chosen to home educate, and I believe there are so many benefits in that. And if you feel that nudge from God to try it, I say go for it. And we have some tips and tricks we can share with you. And certainly listening to Trudy's podcast and hearing all of the wisdom there is going to help along the way. So having mm-hmm. said that, uh, one of the things that I get often is, oh, Cheryl, but you were a teacher. You know what you're mm-hmm. I could never yes. home educate because you have a degree and mm-hmm. you, you've been trained how to school children. And I haven't. And I am not equipped. And I am not capable. And one of my favorite stories, I'll just share it quickly, is that my very first home education convention I went to, I proudly walked in there knowing that I had experience teaching elementary school. And I had all these years, over five years of experience with fourth graders, second graders, third graders. And I was just going to see how you took what you do in a classroom and transfer it to my kitchen table. Like, how do I take school and make it happen at home? That's why I was going to that homeschool conference that year. And within the first five minutes of this conference, the person up front says, how many of you have had home education, I'm sorry, have had school experience before? How many of you have been teachers? I proudly raised my hand. And as my hand is raised, and honestly, about a quarter of the room had their hand raised. And she said, I'm sorry, those of you with your hands raised have the most to unlearn about what education truly is. Mm. And I was shocked. (laughs) I had gone to college for this. I have Mm -hmm. a degree that Mm -hmm. says I know how to educate children. And in the first five minutes of this convention, she was calling that into question. It was Mm -hmm. a very bold statement. And she definitely had my attention. (laughs) 
And I learned over those days that education is everything. It's not just what comes out of those school books. It's Mm -hmm. not just when we open those texts and do that science experiment in the four walls of a classroom, that that Mm -hmm. was their science for their day. Their science is everywhere around them. But it took me going to a homeschool convention to open my eyes and see that. And then I started talking to homeschool moms and hearing the same thing everywhere, that everything is education. And it was very freeing. Mm-hmm. So yes. that, was, that was kind of a lot of information to jump into, well, what's the difference between home education and public school? Mm-hmm. Are we bringing school into the home? And I would challenge you that it's not. So for an insider's perspective, when a teacher walks into a public school classroom, and for my sake, it was the very first time I was 20. I was a young, young 20 something <laughs> just graduating from college. I was so excited mm-hmm. to have my own classroom. And I remember seeing the curriculum sitting on my desk and I thought, oh, I have a desk. I was just I felt so mature. I was so grown up. And I see these curriculum books on the desk and I never questioned if the curriculum that had already been chosen for me to teach from was adequate to equipping the children that would walk in my classroom that year. I never questioned it because public education has been in existence in America since the 1600s, since the late 1600s, we've had public education in some form or fashion. Who was I as a young 20 something to question? I figured they knew what they were doing. And all I had to do was open the books see the concepts that needed to be taught and use my own gifting and abilities to present the information to the children. Mm-hmm. That is how it works. Public mm-hmm. education is a top-down government-run institution in that there are lawmakers at the federal, state, and local levels, they're usually elected officials, who make the decision of what standards or what things will be introduced to the children every year. So for example, in third grade, someone decides that a third grader, let's say about an eight-year-old, will be introduced to the concept of multi-digit multiplication in math. Mm -hmm. Or they'll be introduced to who Martin Luther King was in social studies and history. Mm-hmm. Those concepts and topics should be taught to the average third grader so that at the end of the year, when we assess them with this huge annual test, we will know that they have at least been introduced. And if not, uh, not introduced, if not just inter- introduced, excuse me, that they will also have mastery over this math mm-hmm. concept or mastery over this history concept. That's what they want to measure is are our children not only being introduced, but also mastering these concepts and moving on? How quickly can they attain knowledge? And it's academic knowledge. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's something to know is this scope and sequence that they have. That's that long list of standards that I was just talking about, what they're going to learn in math, what they're going to learn in science. That scope and sequence gets handed to the principals. The principals disseminate it to their grade level teachers and we are to present the information does that make sense yes 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 so that's the concept of the public school now i have to admit as much as teachers love their students and there are some fantastic public school teachers out there that give their whole heart mm-hmm. to their profession 
I have to acknowledge that because I know many of them and they love what they do and they love their students. But mm -hmm. it is physically impossible for us as teachers to be able to give individual attention to every student in our class to meet their needs in every subject. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, I had an average of 20. In fact, that's the national average is to have a ratio of 20 students to one teacher. And when that happens, you may be able to interact individually with, let's say, four or five students that are struggling in a certain area. But what happens is we, because of our calendar and what we're required to teach in a year, we have to move on. And if that student is not grasping a concept, we have to refer out to tutoring or ask for additional parent involvement. And it unfortunately sends a message to those children that they're not keeping up that something's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. We're true to you and I now know because of our own experiences that there is mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that child. They just learn differently. Children learn to walk mm -hmm. at different ages and um, learn different skills. And that skill, because they didn't master it in time, does not mean there's anything wrong with them. But a message right. is, is implanted that something's yes. wrong. So that is, that's unfortunate. Yes. Yes. So that was public school. Eventually you went to a private school. How is that different, similar? How is that? Sure, yeah. Well, you know what's funny is in private education, I was thinking there was going to be this massive difference. And I will go into a few of the differences. But to my surprise, I walked into that classroom and I loved the school I taught at. The private school I taught at was a private Christian school here in the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. I live on the west side of Atlanta. And it was a fantastic environment to work in because the teachers loved Jesus. We could mm -hmm. talk about him in every sim mm -hmm. single subject, which was incredibly freeing for someone like me. Yes. And it was so fun to watch the children grow in their faith throughout the year. But I was so surprised walking in. And Trudy, those curriculum books were already ordered for me, mm -hmm. sitting on my desk at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And the companion student workbooks were sitting in the mm -hmm. cubbies waiting for my new class to come in. And I was mm -hmm. like, all right, this is new material for me and I'm gonna have to take it and throw mm -hmm. it out like a blanket over the classroom and hope that it covers my students and that they mm -hmm. understand what I'm teaching. But if they don't, I still have to refer out to tutoring. I still have to refer to the parents to say they need to keep up because now that we're in a private academy, there is something called academic rigor. You hear that a lot. Yes. Um, oh, the private schools, have, they're academically rigorous. And what that means is not, I'm giving away a big secret here that I don't think a lot of private schools would love to hear me saying, it's not that the curriculum is superior, it's that we teach it at an advanced rate. Mm -hmm. It's not that the curriculum is superior. Trudy, you and I have looked at many curriculums, many, many, yes. as we've been investigating what might be the greatest fit for our children. And there is oh. no magic curriculum that is going to fit every child. Right. And even the sweetest, oh, I just want to go back and hug some of my dear private school students that I had and say, Jesus loves you, even if you don't grasp this math concept. Yeah. And you're going to be just fine. God has given you strengths elsewhere, even if you don't pass the spelling test. It mm -hmm. is okay. 
But back then I was thinking, okay, we got to get these curriculum mm, concepts yeah. and these standards in because you've got this huge annual assessment coming up at the end of the year. And these test grades matter greatly to show mm-hmm. not only my ability to teach, but your ability to learn. Trudy, mm-hmm. can you imagine if you had to pick one week of the year? Oh, wait, let me correct myself. Someone else picked one week yes. of the year to assess your academic abilities. Mm-hmm. And then put that in your permanent file. Mm-hmm. That terrifies me as an adult. Mm-hmm. But yet we yeah. do it to our sweet children every year to show their academic development. And mm-hmm. so that's one thing is that their measurements and maybe even their self-worth come from the assessments and how they're yeah. progressing through that academic rigor. And that is not where our true identity comes from. Yes. I would say the other thing with private school that I want to mention just real quickly that was different from a public school was our, was our, I'm sorry, our social calendar, our social Mm. calendar, perhaps because of parental involvement, perhaps because it was a private school that the parents were paying quite a, quite a lot of money to send their children Mm -hmm. to this school. And maybe they set up more activities than normal, but there was truly an activity every single week. Mm. And what I saw was that the family's calendar and their social calendar mm-hmm. became the school's calendar. So in both, in both public and private, if you were um, to have a Christmas cantata or mm-hmm. a book fair, those are pretty common. And those are only mm-hmm. like once a season. But mm-hmm. at, for some reason at this particular school, and I've heard this about other private schools, is that every week there's Grandparents' Day. Or there's this fantastic mm-hmm. speaker that's going to talk about internet use. Mm-hmm. You know, it would draw parents back to the school. There's going to be um, I Love to Read Week and a book parade and hmm. um, design your own scarecrow in the fall. And there was always an activity to come back to the school for or to stay at the school mm-hmm. for. And as a faculty member, I was highly encouraged to be at all of those. And luckily, this is mm-hmm. before my children were born. So I did have more of that freedom. But as I've become a parent, I think, how did they do it? They mm-hmm. did have the ability as parents to say no, but mm-hmm. your children will beg to go back. I watched my students yes. beg to stay for this activity, beg, especially if there was a attendance incentive, like, oh, if everyone from your class shows up, you win a pizza party or an ice cream social oh, wow. or They beg for them to come back. And all of it was good. All of it was good. But I don't know if it was God's purpose and the greatness for each family that attended that school. Some parents Mm -hmm. have the ability to say, no, that's not going to be, you know, we're not Mm -hmm. going to participate in a hundred. And some parents came to everything. And that's really up to the family's individual decision. But it was Mm -hmm. a great tax on the parents because mm-hmm. they had to constantly make that decision every week. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. 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 We're in the middle of softball season. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot out of me. The introvert I am. <laughs> okay. So now on to homeschool, how is homeschool beside these two? How's it been as a, as a homeschool mom? Right. This is my favorite to talk about. My grin gets wider because <laughs> I am so excited to share the freedom in yes. home. 
section. That, if I were to pick one word, it would be freedom. Freedom for the teacher to choose Mm -hmm. his or her own curriculum for their Mm -hmm. family. Freedom for the students to go as fast or slow as they need to. Um, Freedom in testing. Honestly, we have done some state testing that's required by Georgia, Mm -hmm. not annually, and it's given at a time I choose for my students when I know they're Mm -hmm. the sharpest in the time of year that I think would be the most beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. But I don't give the um, weekly math tests or weekly spelling tests and things Mm -hmm. that work so routine in a more structured educational setting. Um, freedom in our schedule. If we have therapies we need to go to, doctor's appointments, we can adjust when we do certain subjects or even how often a week we do each subject matter. Freedom in our routine. There is so much freedom that we get to experience as home educators. Now, I will say that freedom brings a lot of anxiety for some parents. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many choices to make. Like mm-hmm. when do we do our tests and when do we do math and, and spelling and all mm-hmm. those different that what curriculum do I use? And in that overwhelm, I want to encourage your listeners that every homeschooling parent experiences that. I want to normalize yes, that for you. For sure. And to look to your resources around you, find other homeschooling families you can ask those questions of. Of course, there's a lot of information on the internet. Find your state's home education website where it has the state's laws. Mm-hmm. And that's a great place to start because at least in our state of Georgia, that state website actually has a fantastic section of how to get started. That's and awesome. Great tips and tricks. So I hope that is the case for many states as well. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that. Um, there are just so many resources out there, but I was, yes. I will say that I think a parent that is called to stay home and school educate their child, if they do it with humility and prayer, mm-hmm. you will do a fantastic job educating your child. Mm-hmm. When you are called, he will equip you. He knows what. Yes. And even if your education is not as advanced or as far as you think it needs to be or you would like it to be, he can fill in those gaps. Those Mm -hmm. gaps are actually gifts to that child later. That was an epiphany for me when I was going to conferences and conventions is I thought, oh, there's no way I could possibly fill all the gaps. And Mm -hmm. even per child, while I was teaching my oldest, who let's say she's she was eight years old, I knew that by the time my son was eight years old, I wasn't going to teach things the exact same way or have the exact same field trips and experiences, even if I tried Mm -hmm. to plan. And someone told me, you know what, as an adult, do you feel educational journey that you had all those gaps filled? And I said, no, I bounced around. (laughs) I was growing up and I had a lot of gaps. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, what happens when you come to those gaps now as you're rereading some of these history stories mm-hmm. what happens when you fill in a gap and I said mm-hmm. I love it it's actually yes. really fun for me and she said that is a gift that God's giving you because you're learning right along with your children and you're mm-hmm. modeling for them the love of learning so don't worry about filling in every single gap because those are gifts that will bless them mm-hmm. later as well mm-hmm. so I feel like that hearing your experience 
there are so many things for myself that has encouraged me that like I am kind of capable of homeschooling my kids, but in, in your words, how, how, in your experience, how has being public school, private school, and now home education, how has that encouraged you specifically that you are capable? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Well, the first thing I would do is look at any mom who thinks they're not, and I would give them a big hug because having the thoughts that you're not capable or you are inadequate doesn't make you a failure to teach your child. It makes you a human being with human thoughts And we are not omniscient, like I said. Even those of us with degrees in education are not adequate. And Mm -hmm. I would say to them, I feel that way too. When I started Mm -hmm. looking into how to school my own children at home, I felt extremely overwhelmed and inadequate and ill-prepared, even though I had a degree. I was like, how do I do this with my own children and not lose my mind? Like there, Mm -hmm. there are points where how do I separate mommy from teacher and should I separate mommy from teacher, which Mm -hmm. I believe at this point in time, we don't, I am the same person the whole day to them, Mm -hmm. but God sees our efforts just like that the little boy who presented his loaves and fishes to Jesus and he multiplied it and fed an entire crowd of people. God will take our efforts, even our failures and weaknesses in our own character. And he will school and educate our child through that. They, our children will see these are mommy's strengths and she lights up when she's teaching Mm -hmm. these subjects. These are Mm -hmm. mommy's weaknesses. And here's how she overcomes those weaknesses Mm -hmm. and fights through and perseveres. Or they'll see mom, I mean, maybe even if we give up and that's an Mm -hmm. educational experience for our kids, they see, wow, mom gives up easily, you know, and (laughs) we can learn from the strengths and weaknesses within our own families. And Mm -hmm. God will use all of those moments. He knows what your children need as they grow up. He knows what they're going to be, what the world will look like when they're adults. Mm -hmm. And he will use even our most meager efforts for his glory. So I want to encourage you in that, that lean into God and trust that he is the author of their story. He's the author of your story. And he already knows what you're going to offer. He already knows what they need and he'll fill in the gaps for you. Education is everything. If he calls you, he will equip you and he will open your eyes and see that it's education is not just from a textbook. It is Mm -hmm. surrounding us everywhere. We are so capable with Jesus. Yes. Yes. So you and I have been doing this for a while Mm -hmm. and we have bad days. Mm -hmm. So what do you do when it just feels too hard? And I'm sure public school parents have the same thing, but homeschooling, you're at home with your kids 24 Mm seven. So what do you do during those bad days when it feels too hard, when you doubt you're doing enough, just... Speak, in, speak some life into our bad days. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, that happens more often than we'd like to admit, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> I will say just to remind yourselves that every educational modality is run by fallen, broken human beings. So we're mm-hmm. all, even teachers in the public or private school setting, we're all going to have bad days. The children are going to wake up on the wrong side of the bed and it's going to be a challenge. And you're just going to know that's a day we're not going to get as far And again, in home education, you have the freedom to pull back, 
to take a day off, to skip that subject for right now. And that's fine. You have that freedom, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Yes. For me personally, um, I will pull away. I am on the more introverted side. So I will pull away and have some quiet time, like close my door, you know, put on a video for the kiddos to watch. Mm-hmm. My children are still young, but they're old enough to stay by themselves and watch a video. And mm-hmm. I call on the Lord. I, I love Galatians 6, 9. It's one of my favorite verses that says, um, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, he'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. That verse comes mm-hmm. to my mind often. And I will mm-hmm. just call out to him and say, all right, Lord, I'm feeling weary right now. And mm-hmm. I will hear him respond, not audibly. He puts scripture yeah. into my mind. This is one of the most beautiful things about memorizing scripture with your children is that he recalls it to you as well in times of need. Mm-hmm. And I will hear him say, I'm like, I feel like giving up. I feel weary, Lord. I'm going to need you. And he responds with, I will never leave you or forsake you. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I need you because right now my energy is like nothing. I've got nothing left. And yet he encourages yeah. me to keep going. So to lean into scripture verses that you're memorizing with your kiddos, if you are, uh, we mm-hmm. love doing, we are Simply Charlotte Mason family. We don't do it a hundred percent, but we love Sonia Schaefer's uh, way of memorizing scripture. Okay. She has a scripture box. And there are well over a hundred scriptures and it's a very simple system where we can pull out one scripture verse a day. We read it three times. And then at the end of the week, we kind of stick it in a catalog in the back to be reviewed later. And the next Hmm. verse, we say it three times a day, every morning. And then at the end of the week, we put it back in our little catalog system and we will review the verses we've already been memorizing throughout the week. It's really wow. neat. I would, I would recommend looking into it yeah. because um, <laughs> I will admit that even, I think it was yesterday, we were somewhere and a Bible verse that we had studied had popped up and I couldn't remember it. I couldn't remember it, not even word for word or the chapter, the verse. And my eight-year-old was like, oh, yeah, mom, that's from 2 Timothy 3. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, that is incredible. Wow. That is incredible that the children can just absorb that. Yeah. Even when it doesn't come to you, he can use your children too. So yeah. I guess deep down, if you're feeling like something is not right, you're having a hard day is to say, Lord, is this a discouragement from you? Mm -hmm. Is there something that I need to be doing differently that I need to change? Or is this an attack on the very thing that you know I should be doing right now? And if it's an attack from Satan, I need your strength and I need you to meet me right here. Mm -hmm. And I believe a hundred percent that he will, and he will give you the energy and the peace that surpasses all understanding to keep going. Wow. That's awesome. I love how you said, is that something I need to change or is it an attack from Satan? Because sometimes you have to take a step back to be able to tell, you know, and yeah. run to Jesus and ask, you know, what is it? Is there something I need to do different? Or is this just an attack? I love that. I love that. What, what would you say to the mom who feels she's not capable or equipped to home educate. And again, we've, we've kind of touched on some of this, but I would encourage that mom to look up Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a great one. And it says, for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you Mm -hmm. plans to give you a hope and a future. God's got you. Education is everything. And if we lean into him Mm -hmm. with humility, 
humbly seek his wisdom and ask for that revelation and insight from God that he will bless you and in turn your children, your children's children and your home education experience. Awesome. So we are about out of time. Where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, great question. Uh, we have a website, epiphanies365.com, where you can submit uh, to be on our newsletter mailing list or to get more information about consultations. Uh, but also on Instagram, epiphanies365, we're there. And we have our Gmail account account if they want to just email me directly okay epiphanies365 at gmail.com okay this is so fun trudy thanks so much for doing this hey i really hope you enjoyed that interview with cheryl and i hope that you came away with the fact that if god calls you to homeschool he will make a way you're able he will make you able he will teach you he'll show you he'll show you how to do it he'll give you the ability to do it so Hope that's what you came away with. And if you could run and leave me a review, subscribe, you know, all the stuff. So have a great week. Bye-bye.